You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. And we're coming back with Bo Morgan again, executive producer of the Atlanta Falcons Radio network and you know i know i I said we talk about ryan nielsen but the thing that's been sticking in my brain and i think is going to be a factor in this game is i went back and i watched obviously the the all 22 from falcons cardinals and you know the thing that stood out to me the most from that game because it's tough to watch the offense and take a ton out of it just because it was taylor heineke for majority of the game then desmond ritter comes in but you watch the defense and you watch how they just got eaten alive by trey mcbride a rookie out of i think colorado state who it's like okay well you know, this is a guy who, you know, should be a focus of the off defense in terms of he's been having a really good rookie season. You should be ready for him. I think he had eight catches, 130 yards. He had that long catch on the go ahead field, the drive for the go ahead field goal. And, you know, I went, I was like, okay, is this something that happened in this game or is this something that's been happening? And you look back and it's like, no, Falcons defense has allowed the third most catches to tight ends, like the fifth most yardage to tight ends. So it is something that's been happening all season long. And I guess my question is, you know, what, is the difficulty in guarding tight ends for this defense? Why has that been such a challenge? And do you think that's going to be something that we end up seeing in this game? And yeah. unfortunately, Bo, the Saints have ignored their tight ends this year. Well, <laughs> it, you know what? I see I see two familiar faces that have uh, haunted <laughs> Atlanta in the past. And, and I, you know, I, I, again, I don't think this is the Jimmy Graham of, of, of Christmas past. But, <laughs> but just seeing his name there is – you know, just kind of, oh, okay. But Taysom right. Hill seems to um, – for me, it's like Sean Payton lives in Taysom Hill because, <laughs> you know, Sean Payton just some reason it just was able to always be our kryptonite, and Taysom Hill seems to be yeah. that no matter what – I mean, hell, they could probably put him on the edge across from Cam Jordan and probably get three sacks and, you know uh, – We may uh, need that. An interception or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know – I think one of the things that really hurt Atlanta early was, it, first off, Nate Landman has played great. 
But I think the Tro- Troy Anderson losing him hurt uh, a little bit because to me he's a guy that's so versatile. Richie Grant is 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 in there and he's playing and he he's at, back at safety. He's had some moments last week. I know I saw Clark Phillips, a rookie, come in from Utah and and really struggle against the Cardinals early in the game. Um, but it just it just seems to be there's always an issue with this Falcons team in the secondary somehow. And we've went through some guys. We've been banged up a little bit in that secondary. D. Alford is a guy who is all of a sudden became a player, and he was out against the Cardinals. Honestly, one of the biggest issues for me with this team is is not even been the tight. You know, the tight end thing's a great call, but to me, Trey McBride doesn't have the day he does if you can maintain your pass rush lanes as a defense and make some plays. You know, the biggest play. And that and that drive against the Cardinals that cost us was the fact that Arnold Ebicady has Kyler Murray dead to rights, and 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 he and he doesn't maintain his discipline, and he allows him to do whatever it is Kyler Murray is is run around like a road runner and take off down the field, which is what he did. He ran like eighty yards on one play. Hmm. Um, I just think there is there there is a little bit in that secondary that's lacking. Jesse Bates was great when he first you know we first get him. He's playing at a high level. There's been a lot of miscommunication though back there. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and blame one guy or the other. I'm not 100 sure who we can blame that on. But as as the leader, I will back there. I'd like to see Jesse Bates kind of help with that communication because we've seen it too much uh, here lately where there seems like there's 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 something going on. They're miscommunicating. They're talking after plays or blown coverages. I've seen them line up uh, with some issues lining up. But it's always something. There's it are you know, it's so it, it our defense has been really good so far in Ryan Nelson. But the last two weeks, it's just been you know, you I'm sitting here rubbing my 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 head because <laughs> it feels like 2018 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 22 all over again. And there's a lot of talent. So I think some injuries have helped, though, to your point, playing with tight ends suddenly having big games. And honestly, Trey McBride said straight up, Rich, they're going to put this Richie Grant on guy on me. He can't cover me. Um, and if I and Richie Grant's a great dude. He's a he's a he's a guy that's really open to talking in the media. Very honest. He he struggled his first year. He's gotten much better. Uh, in years two and three, and I think part of his struggles early was was the Dean Pease defense and the difficulty it is sometimes to learn these pro defenses. But you know, it, it, we've got to be better, and it starts with the Richie Grants, the D offers, and the Jesse Bates of the world, along with you know Nate Lambin and Kate Nellis, and I would say more Nate Lambin really to cover those guys out of the, at, you know coming off the edge and and, and the tight end position. Uh, you just mentioned Cade Nellis, obviously another guy that's a former Saint, David Onyemata, wondering how their initial season so far you feel have been going for the ATL. I've really been impressed with Cade Nellis to begin with. Onyemata I loved, I uh, hated with y'all because he, right. because of what he did. And when that signing came, I was so pumped. I talked to him, we talked to him in training camp, and I said, man, I'm so glad you're here. Why are you here? And he said, Ryan Nielsen. He was like, you know, it's Ryan. Ryan, obviously, he's a big factor in me coming here. He knows how to use guys. But Caden Ellis, dude, he is. I mean, this guy's got 70-something tackles already, a couple sacks. And he's got some quarterback hits. I mean, he's he's really played well. Dude, he's just the, – the position he plays, he's a smart dude. He is 
always in position, and when he's there, he doesn't miss the tackles. We went back and watched his sacks. He had, I think, seven sacks for y'all last year uh, when he was a Saint, and it felt like every one was – we just talked about pass rush this one. He was just he was just basically riding the block, and the play went right into his arms, and he just made the play because he did his job, which was don't do too much, don't freelance. This is the design – you play that, and and if the play comes to you, you're going to get it. And he did that. He's done that a couple of times this year. I've seen Nate Lamon do that a, a couple of times this year, basically following Caden Ellis. Troy Anderson was starting to really pick that up, following the Caden Ellis discipline. By the way, when I'm sitting there on the bus and I see Caden Ellis get on, I go, we get a new equipment guy? And then, <laughs> and then we have Caden on in an interview, and I go, oh, man, that's Caden Ellis. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's just not assuming, just gets on. You're like, man, that guy's a beast on the field. But Ayamada, you know, I think he's already around close to four sacks for this team, and he's been so good. Him being out, by the way, talk about guys that you missed. We missed him against Arizona. I truly believe we we might have had a better chance in that game if we have David Ayamada because he's been so good uh, at disrupting up in, in the middle. And – you know, we talk about it, the fact that we have Anyamata and Calais Campbell and, uh, you know, Tiku Graham started to play a little bit better lately. We had some of these guys, and I, I feel – and Grady goes hurt, and Grady's always going to be a beast. But I was like, man, I feel like the only guy doing something for years up in that, in that interior was Grady, and now we've got other guys, so – is Grady still doing it, or are we just getting other? We noticing other guys doing it as well, which is something we haven't seen. That's been really cool for me. I, I tell you what, uh, I, I've loved the, the three big additions we have from New Orleans, which was Anyamata, Caden Ellis, and Ryan Nelson. Ryan Nelson, there's no doubt that this defense is better. The points per game is lacking right now. We're now heading towards the back, but. I do blame some of that on short field opportunities that they've been put in. They can only they can only stop in short field opportunities so many times. But I look at you know one of the they're a top five third down defense. They're a top ten red zone defense. Oddly enough, that you're six in red zone uh, defense, but you've allowed you know with almost twenty two points a game. But I you know I look at it and we're top fifteen in almost every category except for turnover margins. Not good. Need to be better there. But yeah, I, look, uh, if you got a couple more Saints uh, players like like <laughs> K- Anya Mata or Kate Nellis or maybe another coach like Nelson, oh, I, I'm in. Uh, bring them on. Bring them on over. Come on, you got Terry Fontenot too. Stop taking from us. Hey, well, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe maybe I don't know. We need to we need to figure out how to take and add to the win column and, and add to your <laughs> loss column. Um, right. I love Terry, by the way. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I didn't know there was so many good dudes in New Orleans. I've always, you know, thought of it as being the opposite. But no, definitely you know, a good it, dude. It's funny you bring that up, and you know, you mentioned Kentavious Street earlier. Well, the reason Kentavious Street was on the Saints is he's a Ryan Nielsen guy. There seems to be a lot of Ryan Nielsen guys, right? Right. He coached him at NC State, then he arrived, and so he followed, You know, he went up to Philly, obviously, and now he's in Atlanta. You know, and I do think it's funny, and there's this kind of it's a bitter rivalry, and I hear from. Falcons fans say like, I don't want anything to do with the saints and you know, the saints are trash and blah, blah, blah. And if the Panthers say the same thing and then the Panthers go and sign like three former saints players and the Falcons go and sign three former saints players. And they, you know, it's like the Falcons wanted Terry Fontenot so bad that they were just like, yeah, take two free third round picks. 
you know, and it's just kind of funny to me. And I'm curious, well, what is the reaction when that happens? Because it doesn't seem to go the other way. Like, I don't see the same signing all these former Panthers. Uh, no, no, no. You got no bull. No, you guys started this because you went and signed what we used to call 5-0 and Curtis Lofton. So y'all started all this when you signed Curtis Lofton years ago from us. And, and we haven't forgotten. But you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that. This goes back a long ways. Um, I, I know y'all are going to remember this, but when when Bobby Bear, the Cajun Cannon, he can mm-hmm. be Mr. New Orleans all he wants, but as a kid, I remember Bobby Bear doing this after throwing a touchdown pass against y'all <laughs> in the Georgia Dome wearing black and red. So this has been something that we, we crossed over lines for years. Oh, yeah. Um, it was always cool when Mike Vick was, was here – uh, you know, before everything happened. And we would play the Saints, and Aaron Brooks was on the other side because Aaron Brooks and him were cousins. And we had, you know, the ha- what's more Falcon Saints than having two quarterbacks who are cousins, you know, from other states going against each other in the rivalry? It, it was just uh, – well, don't, don't forget Morton Anderson, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's right, Morton Anderson. So we've been doing no this. Horn. <laughs> we, dude, we have been doing this for a long time. I think part of it is a familiarity. You, you get to play guys, and you see them so much. And because people forget we were uh, in the end, as as dumb as it sounds, we were the (laughs) NFC West for years together. So there's been these two franchises. The familiarity is so deep and and, and and it's something that that they've been around each other. It's weird because as, 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 as deep as the rivalry is, I have a lot of respect. And whenever anyone says to me, yeah, I hear, uh, it used to be CenturyLink, I think, but I hear CenturyLink Field in Seattle is the loudest place to play. Have you, you've been there. What is it? And I go, yeah, man, it's loud. Well, what's the loudest place? And I said, I don't want to talk about it because <laughs> there's nothing louder when then we're down there and both of our teams are good in which right. we've seen a lot of those things. And they, um, it's a it's a first down or, or you guys get a turnover or a touchdown or, or whatever, and you start hearing the Yin Yang Twins, oh, from Atlanta <laughs> – and they start playing that Ying Yang, Ying Yang Twins song, <laughs> song, and I'm like, "Hey man, Son of a- <laughs> like they're from Atlanta. What the hell is this? Why are they? Why are they stealing from us?" And then you guys want to play all the 28-3 stuff, and uh, which which I don't I, now I don't like that because that that's really personal for me. But there, you you have the loudest. It's it's one of the loudest stadiums. I've always given you fans credit. I hate night games there because you get all lubed up and a bunch. You get like what seventy thousand drunk Cajuns in, in in a building, and it's hell for for us to come in there and play. But it just feels like there's a lot of familiarity, and that leads to the crossover. Terry Fontenot, you guys have always been able to find these veteran guys, um, these guys that are you know free agents in the league that bounce around, and all of a sudden. Right. They're playing. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't Demario Davis one of those guys for y'all? I mean, it just came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, the guy, you know, he's he, he's he's a Jets third round pick, I think, or something, and then he's down there, and he's one of the best linebackers in the league in in New Orleans. So it just always seems to happen that way for y'all. It, it, it has been a crossover, um, uh, you know, rivalry, and and every time a player that I want, Brian Brze, Chris Olave in the draft, <laughs> they go to y'all. And I get irritated. I mean, you know, you got Marcus May, he's a former Gator. Tyron Matthews, a guy like you got him. Like, so it, I think we there's this familiarity. It, it, it leads to a lot of that because you see those guys beat you, and you're like, how do I stop that guy from beating me? How do I stop that guy from signing free agents that come in and beat us? Let's bring him over. Right. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So well, while we're on that subject, there's I, I do. Do you know that there's a Matt Ryan that plays for the Pelicans right now? Yes. But I don't. I, didn't he play for the Lakers last year? Yeah, and he hit a game tying three against the Pelicans. And the I don't even have anything for that, but I just think it's very funny. And uh, when he was down here, the Pelicans also have a PR guy. I was going to say their media relations, Matt right? Ryan. Oh, really? Yeah, we got so Matt Ryan's are, everywhere. So and, y'all and, like y'all like the name Matt Ryan so much? You went and got two of your own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and so and then Matt was down here calling one of the games because he's with CBS now, right? And. Uh, it was just funny because they had a they all met and it was like three Matt Ryan's in one picture. It was that, that's a lot of Matt Ryan's for one Spider Man somewhere right. somewhere Cameron Jordan was like you know licking his shot <laughs> like hey how do I get it I saw I did see that no I did see where oh, yeah. where Matt was where Matt was um down there uh, I guess for a game and Cam Jordan came up and gave him a big you know from behind gave him a bear hug yeah. I'm sure Matt was like. No man, I'm wearing the red jersey, the, the with the yellow jersey. I guess you say you can't hit me. You can see the terror in his eyes. Um, oh, I don't blame him. Every time <laughs> I see that guy come off the edge, I oh, not again. We were talking. By the way, we were talking about this, and I, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the turn the tables on you because we were we were talking. It has Cam Jordan the way he plays change. Is he still the guy that can get off the edge with that with that speed that he has in the past and. Uh, and maybe Caleb McGarry can handle him a little bit better. And something Mike Johnson was asking me, and I said, I looked at him straight up, and I can't remember this on the Saints podcast. I said, I don't know if it matters. And he goes, why? I said, well, sometimes when guys, um, they get you, they, they you know, I, I wonder, I, and, and I don't know if Caleb McGarry's this way. I think he, I tend to think everything I know about him, he's the offensive lineman that 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 doesn't care about you or anything about it. And he, he goes out and does his thing. He's kind of like the DB mentality. If I get beat, I'll go back the next play and won't get beat. But I said, I don't know if it matters with Cam Jordan on McGarry because I don't know if it's McGarry's head or Cam Jordan knows he owns anything in red and black, but he always has a big game. It doesn't – dude, we could put Anthony Munoz out there <laughs> on Cam Jordan and he, would, and he would beat him for three sacks against us. It, it just, it's just like a rite of passage for whoever he goes against. Yeah, well, uh, I think the Saints are hoping that that's that that is the case because they have like 18 sacks on the year, like second to last in the NFL. So if if Cam does it, that, that theory will be tested this year, right? Because it's kind of like there's this stat that anytime Taysom gets seven carries in a game, they're like 17 and one, and it's like if if Cam goes out and has another four sack game <laughs> this year, <laughs> then it will be it will be the the theorem will be proven true. That it is really just the Falcons that that he needs to face. We had a weird situation this year. It feels like, you know, Ryan Nielsen obviously left. It feels like he took the pass rush with him, but somehow our our ability to create turnovers has increased this year. So I, I'm not really understanding that correlation, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna say I, I you want you want to see our defensive stuff? <laughs> I, as I said, we are. <laughs> top 10 in red zone defense yet we give up 22 points a game um we we are ninth in passing yards allowed yet we have been terrorized by 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 tight ends the last few weeks 
We made Josh Dobbs look like Cam Newton. Oh, wait, wait, well, we, I did too, though, did too, ironically right. enough. So I, I, I don't ask me. Like, I have Drink no to that. clue. Oh. You want to hear a stat? You want to hear a stat that you could share? Okay. The last oh, five no. games in the first half, the Saints have allowed 13 red zone trips. They have allowed touchdowns on 10 of them. It's an wow. 80% success rate in the red zone in the first half of the last five games. If we can't get healthy in the red zone this week, something's wrong. But, hey, look at this. We were talking this morning. We are like, hey, uh, should the Falcons be worried that if Jameis Winston starts instead of Derek Carr? And I said, yeah. They said, why? I said, well, it's like the first-time starting thing where you rally around that backup quarterback or that first-time starter, and they, they got this confidence, and they're like, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to go sling it. <laughs> Well, look at all the guys who started making their first start. Bryce Young, um, we well, we got uh, we had de- technically Jaron Hall uh, 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 was was making his first start for, from the Minnesota before we knocked him out. Um, Will Levis, um, Kyler Murray comes in and makes his first start. It's like, oh, making your first start of the season? Come start, come play the Falcons. Now, if Jameis starts, it'll be first start of the season, and we're like, can we get Derek Carr? Can we- I mean, can we just get him instead? Because it never works for us. We're like, oh, yeah, we got a backup quarterback. We lose. Oh, we got a rookie quarterback. We lose. I mean, we beat we beat the guys drafted, what, one and two, and Young <laughs> and, and, uh, and C.J. Stroud. But, nah, man, you bring us a Will Levis or a Josh, you know, Josh Dobb or Kyler Murray. Oh, oh no, we're, we're done for. So, I'm sure Jameis will run for – 70 yards and and 40 of it will be yards after contact or some crap like that. And, and it'll, he'll look like, you know, he'll look like cam too. It's just unbelievable. I I don't, you guys can't stop you when the red zone, we're giving up almost uh, 23, 22 points a game and we're great in the red zone. So go figure. Who knows? But all right. We're talking to Bo Morgan executive. I I keep forgetting your title. I'm an executive producer. producer. Radio. Post Radio Network. 92.9 The Game. We're all good. He's got it. He knows his own title. Uh, but all right, uh, before I let you go, you know, just more in all seriousness, what is kind of your your confidence level, your prediction, you can give us a score or whatever, for this matchup? Because it does feel like, you know, as a Saints fan as a whole, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of confidence. And I think that's probably true about the entire NFC South right now. I think the Bucks have lost five or six. Y'all have lost four or five. The Saints, you know, can't beat a backup quarterback. Yeah, you know what? What what are you looking at? What do you think is the? What is your prediction for this game? You know, I've been I've been really thinking about this for almost a, almost two weeks now. Because uh, I know I know we're we're rolling through this week as we get to Thanksgiving, but I I do have some confidence. I I, I tend to think what I saw from Desmond Ritter uh, coming in that game, ice cold off the bench. He he had confidence in the situation when you're trailing, you're trying to go down and score. I tend to think Desmond Ritter is going to kind of come out and play like I just talked about. I, I like us in this game. We're, we've been better at home this year than we have in the past. Um, you guys coming off almost a similar you know loss that we kind of had with Minnesota. I think our defense is much improved. These two teams know each other really well. Ryan Nelson kind of knows what you, y'all want to do on offense pretty well. I tend to think this is going to be a typical game between these two teams where it's a, it's, it's, it's rough. It's slug it's slugging out. I think it might be as physical as we've seen in a long time though, without Sean Payton and and, in, and Matt Ryan uh, uh, and Drew Brees and a part of this, but I would expect something, you know, like the, the typical NFL 24, 23, it's going to come down to the last possession. I'd like, I like us at home with young way Koo, 
I like us to get it done. I, I think that I hope the building will be will will look like these are two teams playing from 2012 or 2016 or 2010 or whatever when the rivalry was just so alive with both teams' passion. But I I do have some confidence for us. I think there's the right guys, the right veterans, especially on the defensive side in this locker room that know the importance of this game, know what it means to get right, and know that this is a division rival. So I like us in this game. Now, it's easy because I'm in Atlanta. I'm going to pick Atlanta over the Saints every day of the week. But I honestly do feel, feel somewhat good about this game. Yeah, worst case scenario, you get the 50th anniversary of hip hop. So, you know. Yeah, we'll get that at halftime. Let's hope it goes better than when they had Bone Crusher play at halftime when Mike Vick was there. Um, <laughs> yeah, we needed the uh, explicit lyrics, uh, <laughs> parental advisory uh, note up there. <laughs> gotcha. Well, Bo Morgan, again, executive producer of Falcons Radio Network. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate the time. No, anytime, guys. Really, always, always uh, have a blast with, with y'all, even if it is in New Orleans. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. <laughs> All right, bud. All right. Thanks again, Bo Morgan. You know, I, I think it's it's interesting. You know, I think the Falcons and the Saints are in very similar situations and everyone, every, t- I do, you know, I, it's interesting to me that he doesn't feel like Arthur Smith is on the hot seat because to me, it feels like, you know, these two Saints-Falcons games is going to go a long way into determining which of these head coaches hangs out for another year. Man, I agree with you for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think what, what Arthur does have going for him, and I think Bo is correct, is he didn't go all in on a quarterback that was his and and, and say like, nah, this is the guy we're gonna go get this guy, right? If they had gotten to Sean Watson and and then then this season went this way, then maybe. But I think that's probably true when you when you hit your wagon to a quarterback in a system and that doesn't get there, then your 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 shelf life as a coach feels like it goes down quickly. Um, whereas when you don't have that guy, you always have the excuse of like, well, we, if we had the quarterback, we would have, we would have got him. Obviously Marcus Mariota wasn't the guy. Obviously Taylor Heineke wasn't the guy. Obviously. Anyway. So (laughs) the problem is they're not drafting the quarterback either. So, so I, I don't know. Um, I've had I have seen one like uh, you know rumored free agency come for next season had Atlanta targeting somebody like a Kirk Cousins, which yeah I wouldn't like to see Cousins facing the Saints twice a year. We know what he's been able to do to this team. Well, it is funny that neither of these teams is is trying to go the route of the Panthers, right? And, and I do think you know there's not it's not a coincidence that both of these teams are you know influenced by saints the saints front office you know like i don't think the saints believe in doing that and i don't think terry fontano believes in doing that and by in in effect the falcons don't believe in doing that in terms of go all in for a quarterback whatever the cost and you know when you hit them what that's great i've seen people saying well the saints should do what the what the texans are done have done that's the example we should use not not what the not what the panthers have done and just, but it's just like the saints don't have a deshaun watson to trade <laughs> Right? Yeah, of course. If if the Saints ended up in that position where they had to trade this, you know, maybe next year you can do that. Maybe if everything goes to shit and you're like, okay, who wants Derek? Who wants him? And the Falcons are like, we do. <laughs> yeah, I That's think it's gonna happen. I, I I think, you know, obviously the the draft upcoming there's there's fans already, Jeff, that they're like the Saints have to do whatever it takes in their God, you know, early power to be able to trade up to for Jaden Daniels. And I'm I'm sorry to say I don't I don't see that happening. Sadly, I, yeah. I wish 
Just like, you know, when people wanted Joe Burrow, the Saints are going to move up and get him. Yeah, it'd be nice. I wish it just ain't going to happen, though. No, and I mean this like the Saints are not going to operate as a team that's like oh, he's from he's played he plays up the road we got to go get him. Nah, it's not good. You know, if he falls to them, I would love it, but they're not going to. It's not what they do. Just not what they right. do. Um, and you know, if you if you end up firing Mickey and the entire staff, and then you operate differently, that's one thing. But I, you know, we'd have to get there before we even talk about what would happen with a new regime. Uh, and that's just not what this regime does. So we'll 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 get to that. That'll be we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that down the stretch of this season. First things first, let's get back to this game. We're gonna hit a break here. Thanks again to Bo Morgan for breaking down a lot of what the Falcons are dealing with. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk more about what the Saints have to do, some offensive and defensive X factors for how they come out of this game with a win. Again, I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. This is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. And while you're doing that, hang around. We will be right back.